0: welcome to another episode of make the diagnosis today i'll be talking about a 45 year old male with epigastric pain let's begin a 45 year old male presents to the emergency department complaining of epigastric and left upper quadrant pain which started three days ago he describes a deep boring pain of 9 over 10 intensity That radiates to the back with associated nausea and vomiting. He also has an annoying cough, which started two days ago. He has no diarrhea and no rectal bleed. His vitals are his blood pressure 135 over 87, heart rate 102, respiratory rate 22, temperature 99, and O2 sat 98%. He enjoys drinking beers on weekends and has been doing so for the last five years. The physical exam is significant for epigastric and periumbilical tenderness. His labs are pending. Here's my question to you. What is the diagnosis? I'll be right back. Well, I'm back. This patient has acute pancreatitis based on his age, based on his lifestyle, based on his clinical presentation. Even without the labs, he has acute pancreatitis. Now, acute pancreatitis is an acute inflammatory process of the pancreas which results from enzymatic autodigestion, particularly lipase. When the main pancreatic duct is obstructed it becomes dilated and lipase leaks out into the parenchyma so what's the causes what are the causes of pancreatitis or what are the causes of acute pancreatitis well there are several well the number one is gallstone gallstone pancreatitis a gallstone impacted in the ampulla vata That's where the common bile duct enters the second portion of the the duodenum. So gallstone is the number one cause, followed by um, heavy alcohol use, as in our patient, he drank alcohol every weekend. That's 52 weeks per year. Um, It's quite a, a buildup of alcohol in his system. Then you can have hypertriglyceridemia, hypercalcemia, trauma mumps, all these things are um can result in acute pancreatitis the presentation of acute pancreatitis they will always present with pain in the abdominal in the abdominal area that radiates to the back the pancreas is retroperitoneal so because of that they will have back pain but they'll also have perumbilical or epigastric pain as in the the case of our, our patient, there'll be nausea and vomiting, chills and fe- fever and chills might be present. Um, on physical exam, there will be tenderness in the epigastric and the perumbilical region. And if the person, um, the, if it's long standing, as in chronic pancreatitis, there may be fat in the stool or the person may have a sense of indigestion. It is important to recognize that diarrhea is not a component of acute pancreatitis. The diagnosis of acute pancreatitis is made based on clinical presentation, the patient's presentation and abnormal labs. In the case of abnormal labs, you think about um, elevated lipase. It is important to realize that Abdominal CT, routine abdominal CT is not recommended at initial presentation in patients with acute pancreatitis. There is no evidence that um, an immediate CT improves clinical outcome. Um, Peripancreatic complications, however, may become clear about 72 hours after the onset of acute pancreatitis. Let's classify pancreatitis. So pancreatitis can be classified um, in two ways. You First, you can have interstitial edematous acute pancreatitis, and that is when you have um, inflammation of the pancreas and um, peripancreatic tissue um, without necrosis. The second classification is can be classified as necrotizing acute pancreatitis, and In this, you have inflammation of the pancreatic tissue plus parenchymal and peripancreatic necrosis. So one has necrosis, the other does not. Um, Pancreatitis can also be classified in terms of the severity, such as mild, moderate, and severe. In mild acute pancreatitis, there is no organ failure and no local or systemic complication. In moderate um, severe acute pancreatitis, there is no organ failure or transient organ failure on the 48 hours and or local complications. So with moderate um, um, severe acute pancreatitis within on the 48 hours there there are no organ failures and um, no significant complication. that's within 48 hours. Severe acute, severe acute pancreatitis in this you have persistent organ failure after 48 hours and this may involve um one or more than one organ so the 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 timeline here is 48 hours after 48 hours that's the danger zone now The initial management of acute pancreatitis is fluid replacement. These patients need to be given fluid. They should be hydrated at a rate of 5 to 10 ml per kg per hour. And they can get either normal saline or lactated ringers. And all patients with acute pancreatitis should be hydrated unless there are contraindications. They have comorbidity. Card, um, cardiovascular or renal um, comorbidities that would uh, pre- preclude them from getting the fluid replacement. But beside that, all patients should be should be given fluid replacement because these patients are severely dehydrated, and we'll talk about that in a minute. And this fluid replacement should be done within twelve to twenty four hours of diagnosis within 12 to 24 hours then a part of the initial management is pain control and these patients should be monitored they, every patient with acute pancreatitis should be monitored closely in the first 24 to 48 hours again the time frame 24 to 48 hours and nutrition should be started so um total parenteral um nutrition should be implemented um okay so who who would you consider who who would you consider um in getting a higher level of care or when would you consider getting a higher level of care for patients with pancreatitis when would you consider or when should you consider getting a higher level of care well if patients have persistent um, systemic inflammatory response after 48 hours. That's one reason. If the hematocrit, if there's elevated hematocrit greater than 44% of the original hematocrit, right, um, well, let me state that again. If the hematocrit is greater than 44 um, after 24 to 48 hours, or if the bun is greater than 20 milligrams per dl or if the creatinine is greater than 1.8 milligrams per dl that's another reason to elevate the level of care or if these patients are over 60 and of course if they have any underlying cardiac or pulmonary disease or if there is obesity now let me go back to something our patient had cough and we have, we have not said anything about the cough yet, but my question to you is, yeah, he has a cough. Should you be concerned about the cough? And the answer is yes. Acute pancreatitis not only release bradykinin in the pancreas, but also in the lungs. Now, what is bradykinin? Bradykinin is a, is a it's a, it is actually a peptide that promotes inflammation. So, it is going to promote inflammation. And in promoting this inflammation, the result of the process is edema. So, as a result of the release of bradykinin, you have fluid in the pleural space known as pleural effusion. You have inflammation in the lungs, which can result in cough, all as a result of bradykinin. Um, So, it is important to recognize if your patient with pancreatitis also has a cough and you can make the association bradykinin is the connecting link now in terms of chronic pancreatitis a person with chronic pancreatitis would present with calcification calcification on the x-ray that is you'd see it on the x-ray pancreas would be calcifying steatoria which is fat in the stool and diabetes most times, persons who have chronic pancreatitis are diabetic patients. And then you have what is known as the radiographic sign. The radiographic sign in both acute and chronic pancreatitis is known as the sentinel loop of bowel, which is a blind loop of bowel. Okay, so as we come down to closure on this case, I want to remind you of a few things. Number one, prophylactic antibiotics are not indicated. In patients with acute pancreatitis, regardless of the type, whether it's interstitial or necrotizing or regardless of the the severity of the disease, mild, moderate or severe, it doesn't matter. Prophylactic antibiotics are not recommended for these patients unless something else is going on. And then, of course, that time clinical decision and clinical common sense has to be used. But if it's pure pancreatitis, of um, absolutely not. Well, as usual, um, thanks for listening. And before we, close, before we close, our patient did well, by the way. He didn't need a higher level of care. He was cared for at the medical level. And of course, he did well and was discharged. Um, his lipase was through the roof and of course um, he had no, no his sonogram, did not indicate a gallstone, but so we know that his flare-up of pancreatitis was due to alcohol. Well, thanks for listening. Please remember to care for the patient the way you would like to be cared for. So, until next time, this is Norman saying your brain is a fertile field. Be careful what you plant in it. Good night. Thanks for listening to Norman's Student Corner Podcast. Follow us and share this podcast to a colleague. And stay tuned for another episode of Make the Diagnosis next Monday. Remember to listen and study well. Take care.